Once you live in the 716, Buffalo sports is ingrained in your soul. No matter where you are, we always remember the roots that helped us grow. Don't let where you live or the people around you stop you from showing your Buffalo pride. Join us Buffalonians as we talk all things sports in the 716 on the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. Circles the way, like the Buffalo Bills. I'm your host, Nick English, alongside my co-host, Andrew Ogwich. No matter where we are, no matter the heartbreak, we will always remain Buffalo loyal. This is the Buffalo Loyal Podcast, coming to you on a Tuesday night following uh, the last game of the season in the regular season for the Buffalo Bills as they were able to come away victorious against the New England Patriots um, in a very emotional game, 35-23. You know, we obviously did not have a show last week. Um, Big reason for that was what transpired um, the Monday prior with DeMar Hamlin um, and what happened to him on the field. Uh, basically having to be resuscitated to life and brought to the hospital and um, per, uh, almost dying. So that was something that I don't think me or Andrew or even our parents or grandparents probably have seen um, in their lifetime. I mean, the Bills have had some pretty – Bills and Sabres have gone through some stuff between Kevin Everett and both of the skate situations with the Sabres and cutting a player open – um, but this one was just completely different, and there was a lot of bigger things going on uh, last week than a podcast, a job, you know, football, just the person's life in general. Um, and they were definitely not able to resume that Bills Bengals game. Um, but you know, the Bills were able to rally around the situation. Uh, Demar is now back in Buffalo, which who would have thought that a week later? Um, he would be in good spirits, and the first thing he's asking when he wakes up is if they won the game, uh, which I think a lot of people needed to hear. Um, and now the Bills are the number two seed. They control their own destiny still. Um, the playoffs are a little different this year just because of the cancellation of that game. Um, but as long as the Bills handle their business, the worst-case scenario is if they do get to the AFC Championship and the Chiefs are there, it's, it's at a neutral site, so... Um, Buffalo is not really being punished from that aspect. Um, so week later, um, Andrew, I'll kind of let you go first of what was kind of going on in your head. Um, I know you and I were texting a lot. I, pretty much everyone probably was just refreshing Twitter, and that's probably why it was pretty much broken for um, a couple hours. A lot of us, self-included, didn't get much sleep that night. Uh just a lot went on um, during that Monday night game to the point of it wasn't even sure if DeMar Hamlin was going to come away alive, quite frankly. Yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of emotions last week and, you know, leading up to the game on <clears throat> this past Sunday. Right. I think back to watching it happen um, on that Monday night and. Right, the one thing that stuck with me was just seeing the looks on the players' faces, right? Like, I I can't get uh, Josh's face out of my head, right, with his hands covering his mouth and guys crying and other guys' shoulder and, right, just trying to console each other and try to hold it together as best they can, um, right? Definitely a very scary situation. Super fortunate that, right, DeMar has pulled through and, all the progress he's made up to this point and right. Lots of, you know, happy and positive uh, news has come out, which is right. Of course, first and foremost, most important out of this whole situation. So super, super thankful, um, right. To see that progress and see him progressing and, and, and see the team rally around him. Right. That night, right. Diggs Ubered over to the hospital to go see him. Right. The stories came out that Sean said, I have to be at the hospital with my, with my player. I can't like, we can't do this. And Brandon Bean and a couple of the trainers stayed in Cincinnati all last week with him. So you hear over and over, we've heard throughout the season, just how much these guys love each other. 
and how much they really care for each other. And it's more than just teammates, right? They're more than just guys who play a game together and then they disperse in the off season or after practice, whatever it may be, right? Like these guys care for each other, love each other. And that was super evident throughout the whole week, right? Hearing Josh and coach McDermott talk on Wednesday or Thursday, whatever it was, and seeing things on social media that guys are posting and, and right. To take that a step further, see, what this team and what these players mean to Buffalo and its fans and Western New York as a whole, right? We know as a fan base, we've rallied around them. We always will, right? We donate to different charities when different occasions happen, you know, different things happen. And, and just to kind of see the outpour um, and the, the, the signs of respect and love from not only Buffalo, but, throughout the whole country, other fan bases around the world, right? Everyone coming together. It was really, really cool moment, cool week to kind of be a part of and, and just kind of see, right? Of course, made better with all the good news that we've been getting about Damar and, right, glad he's back in Buffalo now at Buff Gen, you know, still continuing his rehab process and more tests and stuff. So, um, I mean, it's just one more chapter to the crazy book that has been this season, Right, it'll be a, a crazy part of the the documentary they make about this Super Bowl winning team. Hopefully, knock on wood. But you know, can't be can't say enough about this team and all they've gone through this year, and just their resiliency and ability to just keep showing up for each other, for this town, for their fans. And we saw that on Sunday. Right, <clears throat> had no idea what to expect going into that game against New England. Right. Another week of limited practice, high emotions, crazy situations. The started off kind of slow, and then just something clicked for them, and they took off, right? It wasn't Josh's best game, but he showed up when, when we needed him, made the big plays, right? The long ball to John Brown, the long ball to Diggs, running around, keeping you know options available to him. Um, defense showed up huge again um right getting three interceptions making mac jones's life pretty difficult mac jones had a good game i'll admit it i hate this dude everyone knows it it's well documented how i feel about him he had a pretty damn good game um but right defense held their own and i mean star of that game of course is naheem hines i mean two kickoff returns for touchdown taking the opening kickoff all the way back to just kind of cement, hey, this is going to be a special day. It's been a special week. Um, and this team, right, is something special. Um, so it was it was a great game to watch. Really nice to see them back out there playing together, trying to get back to some sense of normalcy, taking care of business against the Patriots, um, and going into the offseason on a high note when – you know, it could have been the lowest of lows for this team. They pulled it together. They're there for each other. They're playing for each other. They're playing for DeMar. And, right, I, I'm excited to see kind of how that transitions into the offseason and, you know, this coming up weekend against Miami. Yeah, and I think one other thing I want to make note of is just the incredible work by the Bills training staff, the Cincinnati training staff, to – in front of 60, 70,000 people, national television, lot going on. Um, the seconds or even minutes that you have to make a decision on how to potentially save a person's life and you're able to do it in that high pressure of a situation um, speaks volumes to like how important they are. Um, I also just want to tip the cap to Zach Taylor and the entire Cincinnati Bengals organization for how professional they were with it. Um, you know, they definitely probably got the short end of the stick with all the different playoff scenarios, but they've still handled it um, like consummate professionals. Zach Taylor went and checked at the hospital. I know his wife was collecting cards from like 50 different schools in the Cincinnati area. Um, all the Bengals fans that were, um, you know, going to the hospital and being with Bills fans and uh, just the overall effort by them. And then obviously the people at the um, Cincinnati hospital getting the job done and bringing DeMar back to us um, definitely deserves that. And then just, I know coach of the year goes to 
the Brian Dables of the world who, you know, they took he took a Giants team that probably wasn't supposed to make the playoffs. They're, you know, they're in, or you look at like a, a Nick Sirianni with the Eagles or just other guys around the league. Um, I don't know how you can't give this award to Sean McDermott for what he's done to rally this team through the injuries of star player after star player and Von Miller, Micah High, even Josh for a brief moment, um, DeMar, the whole situation there, um, the massive snowstorm that get you to move one game to Detroit, um, you know, you play in Chicago, don't even get to go home with your family on Christmas, and it's a storm that kills hundreds of people in Buffalo to a mass shooting in Buffalo over the summer that you have to rally your community around. Um, love Sean McDermott as a coach, as a or you know, love him or hate him for what you think of him as coaches with the X and O's. Um, there's no one I would want leading my team than that guy right there because he's just. He's everything. He he really is just Buffalo. Um, so I do want to give them credit. And then, like you said, Andrew, that game was um, just I, – I've probably watched that first Naheem Hines touchdown like no less than 25, 30 times the last like day and a half. Like um, the, the chills that you get um, when you watch that, just the pure raw emotion of all this city's been through – like you said, like if you lose that game, not only is it a letdown because of everything that happened with DeMar and now all of a sudden you're talking about a team that had the one seed and everything was going in their way to potentially drop into a three seed and you get one home game and you're facing a tough opponent and you might not even get out of the first round. Um, you know, this team has continued to rally, has found ways to win. Um, they didn't play their best on Sunday, but it was enough to win. The defense, at the end of the day, came through and was able, like you said, to get turnovers. Naheem Hines in the special teams unit was awesome all day, minus the Taiwan Jones uh, play. And then offensively, um, I thought they ran the ball well when they did run it. Obviously, Singletary had that one fumble, but I thought James Cook was effective. They finally got Stephon Diggs back going and involved. The monster touchdown to him. Uh, John Brown, like you said, had the monster catch for the touchdown on kind of just a Josh Allen-esque play, rolling out to the right, looking, looking, points, deep ball, touchdown, uh, made the plays when they needed to. Uh, Dawson Knox has continued to get involved and score touchdowns, which we desperately need going into the playoffs. And like you said, it just it keep things keep lining up that this just is another step to the poetic journey that this Bills team is on to hopefully write their Super Bowl, you know, DVD. And now they get to go and take on um, a Dolphins team for the third time uh, at home. It's going to be an unreal crowd. You know, we don't even know who's going to be the quarterback for the Dolphins. We don't know if it's going to be Skylar Thompson, Teddy Bridgewater's dealing with, you know, the thing he has a broken finger on. Uh, I think it's his throwing hand. Um, so dealing with that, he didn't play in their last week. They barely scraped by against the Jets with Skylar Thompson. Um, there's been conflicting reports all over the week between Mike McDaniel and all the reporters so far of what two his availability is going to be. Um, I personally think he's probably going to play. I don't think he should just for the player's health. I'm not even just saying that to be a Bills fan. I feel good about the Bills in this game, regardless of who plays. Obviously, if Tua plays, it's a tougher task. Um, but you know, a guy that's already had two to three concussions this year, um, which they misdiagnosed twice. I don't know if it's the best thing just to be throwing him back out there, but that's not for me to decide. Um, so, you know, all things considered, I don't really know how much we want to dive into, um, the Patriots game as a whole. I think that game was just, it's hard to judge it just based on the week they had the emotions, Obviously, there was some rust issues. You know, you. I think every special teams was very good, minus the Taiwan Jones thing. Offensively and defensively, I think there were some great things and some things that still need to work on, which I think we're going to kind of dive into more of how they can beat the Dolphins and how they're going to have um, a successful playoff. So when you're looking at, 
you know, we get the one o'clock game on Sunday at home against the Dolphins. Um, facing a team three times, especially division opponent, is a tough task in itself. Again, we don't know the quarterback situation. Um, now that the Bills have had a week to get back into it, DeMar is now back in Buffalo. There's that the relief that Josh and McDermott talked about when they were talking to DeMar's dad. And now that they've been able to FaceTime him and talk to him and whatnot, um, I feel like they're going to be ready for the moment. I think guys like Josh and Diggs are ready to take it to that next level like we've seen them do in the playoffs the last few seasons. I have no question about that. Um, When you look at the Miami Dolphins, what is the one thing that's kind of scaring you in this game? And then what are the key things you think the Buffalo Bills need to do in order to win this game and move on to play more than likely the winner um, of the Bengals and Ravens? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the biggest thing that, that scares me and it's scared me all week or all year about this team is Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, those two are that entire Miami Dolphins team. And granted, they are both banged up, right? Tyreek's been dealing with an ankle injury. Um, Waddle has been banged up. He was playing hurt last week, uh, you know, this past week. So they're not at 100%, but, I mean, still, they're just – they're game changers. Um, what they're able to do, how fast they are, ability to stretch the field and just make a secondary look absolute, absolutely foolish is um, right absurd. They're incredibly good. Best wide receiver duo, duo in the league, right? if not the best number two. Um, so, yeah, I think, the, think they're a big problem for this Bills team, especially, right, with the secondary. I mean, the secondary has been hanging on by a string this entire season. They've been able to hold their own, but, I mean, hey, there's times where it's just like it gets ugly back there, right? I mean, yes, Poyer's been out there playing, but he can't do it all by himself sometimes, right? Of course, uh, you know, DeMar's not going to be out there for you, so – you need to have guys step up and it's just like, man, how, how many more steps are there for guys to go to be able to keep this cohesive group together? It's, it's going to be a challenging task for this team to, to kind of keep this Miami offense at bay. Um, But if you can, if you can limit them to maybe one or two big plays, right. Kind of get lucky, count your stars and get lucky that that's all they break for you you're going to be okay, right? Keep as much in front of you as you can and and figure out to just get to triple zeros at the end of the game. Um, thankfully, right, from a Bills standpoint, um, the defense has been playing better. Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds are playing out of their mind, absolutely out of their mind. Um, our defensive line, right, again, still kind of missing that pizzazz that you got from Von Miller, but those big guys up front are still doing their job. They're getting the job done. Right. I think this past weekend was really the first time they really missed Von Miller. It was pretty evident that they were missing Von Miller. I mean, you get a sack on the opening play or the opening drive, and then you don't get any other sacks the rest of the game. Right there. There wasn't too much pressure in Mac Jones's face for most of that game. So that can be a problem, especially if to a place, right you don't want to give him a clean pocket. You want to make it tough for him. He hasn't played in a while dealing with that concussion, trying to come back from that. You want to try to make it as difficult for him as possible. Um, Of course, keep him healthy, but right. Like you need your defensive line to step up. Gregory Rousseau needs to be all over the place, right? Like Ed Oliver has to hop on his force on, on his horse and just, drive through that line stuff holes most are right they said um broke his thumb yeah he broke his thumb so who knows what his game status is going to be who how they're going to if he plays man you can strip that dude all day right if he's if it's as bad as mike mcdaniels made it sound at the beginning of the week right like it's gonna be tough for most to go out there and, and play and deal with just getting banged up and they do have Jeff Wilson, though, so that's a good, competent backup. Absolutely. But, right, if you can do your job up front, win that battle in the trenches, it makes 
a secondary that's hanging on by a thread makes their lives a little bit easier in the back, right? It doesn't give time for Tyreek and Waddle to develop their routes and and beat the defense, you know, down the field. So it's going to be one of those games where everyone everyone's got to work together. Obviously, that sounds pretty pretty simple and basic, but it's it's we're at that point where it doesn't matter how you win. It just matters that you win and the small things matter, right? Small things are huge. It's a brand new season. It's win or go home. It's go one and oh every week. So you have to get every little detail, right? You know, Tremaine Edmonds has to be on his spot. Matt Milano has to make the tackle. You got to try to get the ball out as, as much as you can out of guys' hands, right? Like Dane Jackson, can't be getting smoked and not looking up for the ball when a guy's jumping up to catch the ball. Um, right. You can't let Poyer be the only guy making tackles in that secondary. So um, yeah, a, a lot has to go right for this team. I think it will, I think, right. Just that experience and kind of that tie they have will keep this defense together and being able to handle Miami's offense. Now, as far as Miami's defense is concerned, they're not very good, right? Not very good. Granted, they held the Jets only six points, but that's the Jets. They're a disaster. I just – I think there, there's a lot of holes in this Miami's uh, Miami defense. They're banged up. They've had a long season, um, right? They've been on the field a lot this season. And I think Josh is starting to click. Diggs is starting to click and get it back together. The running game we've seen at the last – since December, right? Running game has been way better, like double what they've done at the beginning of the season. Um, they're starting to kind of figure out how to click and get back to kind of that fast style, entertaining offense that we've kind of been looking for all season. Now, something that concerns me, freaking Gabe Davis. Man, I am really starting to lose my patience with Gabe Davis. He was targeted 10 times on Sunday, only caught it three times. Just like dropped a wide, you know, dropped a perfect ball in the end zone. It's like that can't happen, right? We've been looking for the Kansas City Chiefs divisional round Gabe Davis all year and haven't got it. So maybe now that the playoffs are here, we'll get playoff Gabe Davis back. I don't know, but something something's off with that dude. I mean, he just he cannot catch a ball to save his life. Um, but John Brown stepped up. Right, we'll have Cole Beasley in the lineup. I'm assuming this week. Uh, does that mean Shakir sits? Does Isaiah sit? I don't know. We'll, we'll see how they go. Right, there's you're not going to dress six wide receivers. You can't do that. There's no way they dress six wide receivers. So it's going to be what Diggs, Davis, Brown, Beasley, Shakir, or McKenzie. Who knows? Um, so something to see there, but. I think I think this offense can kind of have their way with the the Dolphins defense and right keep Josh at bay keep him keep sugar high Josh uh, kind of at bay and, and you're gonna be just fine. Yeah, I I agree with all your points. I think for the, me the the Bills defensively where I'm concerned is um, the secondary the. I I like Dean Marlowe whether it's him or Cam Lewis back there just. It's not the same as what we've had. I mean, Hamlin was filling in so well. And I, I you know I texted to you on Sunday during the game when Mac had the touchdown to um I believe it was uh Devontae Parker, or maybe it was Thornton, either or um Dean Marlowe sneaks up to the line, Mac Jones identifies it and then just goes right at the one on one. Hamlin and Hyde are so in sync with the timing it perfectly so that the quarterback on the other team doesn't have the chance to even read that and get the, you know, makes the play a lot more difficult. So just between that and then still going into the playoffs where you still don't know who that number two corner is. I mean, Dane was getting beat early. So they took him out. Kyrie was in there for a little bit was fine. I don't think he made a great play on the touchdown. He really did. If he turns his head a little sooner, he probably can have an interception or break it up. Um, Christian Benford is now back, you know, he's coming off IR. Does he play a factor in, um, we'll see. Um, so those are the big concerns for me is you, like you said, I think at least Tredavious is finally feel like he, this last game finally felt like he hit that corner where it's like, okay, he is back to, 
making tackles, making a big interception when we needed it most when it felt like New England was kind of having the game go back their way and he makes the big interception. Granted, Singletary fumbled, but still big play nonetheless. And then, like you said, Oliver, to me, he is, to me, the key for the Bills' defense in the playoffs. He has to take it to that next level along with Greg Russo. They have to find a way to get pressure because if you give the Mahomes, the Burroughs, the Lamar Jacksons potentially, or Herberts or any of them, the time Mac Jones was getting on Sunday after the first few series, they're going to be in a load of trouble with the secondary that they have going right now. So it is going to be uber important for your big guns of Oliver and Russo significantly because they're the first round picks to step up and make an impact along with those other role players on the line, the Tim Settles, the AJ Epinesos, the Shaq Lawson's of the world. Um, and yeah, offensively, you pretty much got right to my point. It's the the X factor for the Bills offensively in the playoffs is Gabe Davis. What are we going to get from him? You know, he started off the year decent. He was good against the Rams, had a big touchdown against the Chiefs. Uh, he was very obviously had the monster game against um, the Steelers, and he had a you know he had that injury, so he didn't really play against the Titans and whatnot. Um, but yeah, he's just he's not making the sideline catches. He's not making the deep ball catches. I was listening to Locked On Bills on the way home from work today, and Joe Marino was talking about you know the statistics with Davis this year and how you know four or six of. 14 of Josh's interceptions are when targeting Gabe Davis and, you know, Josh's completion percentage um, targeting Davis compared to all the other receivers is down like 10%. Gabe Davis at like a 12 or 13% drop rate, which is just really bad. And he's only caught like 40 or 39 out of like 81 targets. So just very bad. So it's like, all right, is, he just having a bad year is this who he is was is he a high tier three that was getting benefit from being around Diggs, Knox, Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders last year and or can he step up in the playoffs and prove he can be a number two guy because we're going to need it um you know I really want them to get Cole Beasley going in the playoffs because I don't see why you brought him back if you you know Granted, the games they used him in, Chicago and whatnot, the weather was just so bad, there was really no need to get him involved. Um, And then they had him in the Bengals game. Obviously, you know, that game doesn't get finished. So then, you know, he doesn't play this week. But you can call him or Brown up at any time. And like you said, it'll be interesting to see who they use. Uh, Shakira had a really nice catch Sunday. I think he needs to be used more. I think he offers you more value than... Isaiah McKenzie, you know, you can replace what Isaiah McKenzie does in the jet sweep role with Naheem Hines. He's proven that, you know, McKenzie's had his ups and downs. He's put together a few good games here and there throughout the season, but along with Gabe Davis, those two just haven't been consistent and you got rid of Cole and, you know, you didn't bring another veteran receiver in like an Emmanuel Sanders because you thought those guys were making big jumps and bringing back John Brown and Cole Beasley, I think, was Brandon Bean admitting to that, that they did not make the jumps that they needed. Um, so it's going to be critical for Gabe Davis to um, step up. And then I think Spencer Brown also needs to just be dominant in these playoffs. I think Deion Dawkins has held up his end of the bargain more times than not throughout the season. Spencer Brown's kind of had an up and down sophomore year. I think he's been playing a lot better lately, Um, but protecting Josh and making sure that he doesn't feel the need to get antsy in the pocket or turn into sugar high Josh because he feels like he's getting pressure every play is going to be big. And, you know, the Dolphins have a decent front four, you know, with Phillips and uh, Christian Wilkins and those guys, Um, obviously him and Josh always have some beef and love to talk. Um, So we'll see what happens on Sunday there. But, you know, it's just the, – it's the theme of the whole year. The only team that can beat the Buffalo Bills is the Buffalo Bills themselves. They have shot themselves in the foot 
time after time after time. And so far they've been able to handle the adversity and came away on the season 13 and three. And their only three losses were all, you know, single digits. They weren't blown out. They weren't, you know, every game that they lost, they could have won if they just didn't shoot themselves in the foot and played a better for one drive essentially. Um, So I have no doubt that Josh is going to turn it up. I'm not concerned about, you know, obviously the interception he had on Sunday was really bad. Just threw it into no man's land. I think he knows that he can't do that. He knows he needs to check the take the check downs when given. And, you know, Diggs is going to be targeted a lot. And whoever the other cast members are, whether it is Shakir, whether it is Beasley, they just got to be able to make plays and have the confidence or let Josh have the confidence that they're going to make a play for him because when Josh starts playing that his guys don't have confidence, that's when the Bills get in trouble and digs, you know, you can see the vulnerability of offense um, for this team. So um, I feel good about Sunday. Um, I think it's another chance to kind of rally um, around DeMar. I keep having this picture in my head that he's going to lead the charge on Sunday and the stadium uh, is going to break down. Um, Whether or not that happens, we'll see. Um, But yeah, I feel, I feel good about Sunday um yeah i mean just it's gonna be a crazy game crazy atmosphere i know you'll be there um yeah miami bills three times in a year renew the rivalry um let's just get it going and hope that the bills are able to uh to pull it out so as always i'll let you go first uh player to watch offense and defense this week and then your uh, final score prediction yeah, on uh, on defense, look to you mentioned it. Look to Trey White. Uh, I think Sunday was a, a nice turning point for him um, to kind of get back to his dominant ways. Had that interception, did a really really nice job in coverage, pretty much all game. So he's got his work cut out for him with uh, Waddle and, and Tyree Kill in front of him. So we'll see how he can how he can do how he can handle the the responsibility and the workload. Then on offense, um, I'm going to go with uh, Gabe Davis, right? I mean, I, I I mentioned my patience is running thin with him. So can he can he step up? Can he catch these balls that, you know, Josh is putting right in his chest, right in his hands? Um, can he make plays for his team when they need him to, uh, right? Don't put it all on digs. Don't put it all on Singletary or Josh. You want to be wide receiver too on this team? Start acting like it. Then final score, oh man, this I will say this: the line for this game opened up at ten and a half. It's now down to nine. I don't know what Vegas knows. Um, right, maybe they know something about Tua or um, something that's happening in Miami. But it has dropped a point and a half. Um, you know, a day into two days into the matchup being decided. So I don't know what that means. Read into it what you will. I'm gonna go. 27-17 Bills. I like it. Uh, defensively, I'm going to look at uh, Tremaine Edmonds. He is one of the captains on that defense. The team defense kind of goes as him and Poyer go. Um, with the secondary the way it is, and like you said, not wanting to have to rely on Poe to make every single play, um, I think it's uber important for Edmonds to get guys in position, make the big plays when needed, fill gaps, make tackles for a loss, uh, be good in man coverage, be good in zone coverage, you know, trick whoever the quarterback is into maybe making a bad throw, come away with the tipped interceptions like he was this past week, um, and just be an overall game wrecker, um, and maybe even come away with a sack or two, um, and blow some shit up. Uh, offensively, I'm gonna look at the rookie James Cook. I think he has really turned it on lately. Um, you know, Singletary had the big fumble last week. I think they're still going to be splitting carries, but I think Cook in the passing game can be something that we haven't seen a ton of this year that could be sneaky good for the Bills use in the offseason or in the postseason, excuse me. 
And for some reason, the last three, four weeks, man, whenever he touches the ball, once he makes the first guy miss or he hits that first hole, it almost feels like every single time he has a chance to break it loose. Um, and he just offers a different set of explosiveness. And when you're making a playoff run, you need guys to step up um, and make plays. Um, usually you have one or two unsung heroes when you're making a postseason run. And I think James Cook could be one uh, for the Bills, and I expect him to have a big game um, on Sunday. Uh, score, uh, I'm going to hate myself for doing this. Uh, I feel really good. <laughs> I'm going to go 37-14 Buffalo. I don't know why. I had a dream yesterday. It was good. Like I said, I had DeMar Hamlin leading the charge. The Bills are just flying around, very similar to the Patriots game last year. Just a team on a mission. Josh loves playing the Dolphins, is going to take it to just another level. Um, and the defense is just going to hold through enough for another week, um, play for DeMar, you know, Dean Marlowe now, another full week of getting back into a full starting role practice compared to this last week where he probably was not sure what the game plan was because we've seen Cam Lewis even start at safety before over him. So a full week him and Poyer have chemistry along with Trey White. Um so I think that's gonna be helpful um with another week of practice. And yeah, I don't know why. I just feel really good, which I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go 37-14 Buffalo. So we'll we'll see what happens Sunday. Uh, I'm excited that for your for you that you get to go. Um and I'm sure we'll get to discuss next week hopefully hopefully in a good light. Um yeah, absolutely I hope uh, I hope Baltimore can pull off the upset. I really I don't want to play Cincinnati. Um, of course, we'll get to that next week, but let's uh, let's hope Baltimore can help us out. Yeah, and one of the main things that came out of this with the Demar Hamlin situation was just the city of Buffalo rallying, and it created for a nice one Buffalo uh, weekend this past weekend, and then also without. Re- because we didn't record last week, uh, the Sabres have all of a sudden turned into a wagon. Um, other than last night, we'll just for, we'll just pretend that game didn't happen, losing 4-0 to Philadelphia. But uh, before that, last night, they were 8-2 in their last 10, went into Boston, were down 3-2 in the final minute and a half. Cousins scores to tie the game. Tuck gets the winner in overtime. Um, you then go to Washington, you know, right after the whole DeMar Hamlin situation, uh, they had a moment of silence for him before the game, a lot of high emotions. It was like, how do you even know if the Sabres are going to be ready to play this game because of all the things that were going on? Um, but obviously with the amount of postponements they've already had, it would have been really tough to, uh, try to replay that game. Um, so they come out, they find a way to win in overtime in that game as well. Tage Thompson is just an absolute freak. Um, he is going to the all-star game. I'd expect Rasmus Dahlin to follow suit. Uh, come home, you know, go heads against Minnesota. Very entertaining game. One of the best games this whole entire season. Up until last night, we, for some reason, we scored six goals every single time we wore the goat heads. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin just put on an absolute clinic, five points, two goals, three assists, um, including the, you know, one to tie it with just over, you know, I want to say a minute and a half, two minutes left before Olofsson won it in OT. Uh, the crowd, I, we haven't heard a crowd that loud probably since the Sabres won on, went on the 10 game winning streak and Skinner had the OT winner for San Jose, uh, it's nice that fans are back in the building. They're re-engaged. Um, and this team is they're they're in a race. They're it's the time of the year where we can actually start legitimately talking about playoffs. And it does suck that it seems like yesterday and the day before it seemed like we start having those conversations and they lay an egg last night, but it is what it is. Uh they still have two to four games in hand on a lot of the teams in front of them. 
Um, the Ryan Miller night is going to be an even crazier game now just because the Islanders are one of the teams that you're chasing in front of you um, coming up here in um, you know a week or so. And the team just seems like it's clicking. You know, Tage, Darlene, Cousins, Tuck, they're all just playing at such an elite level. Um, I, I told you before we started recording that maybe it was actually a good thing they lost the way they did last night to kind of give them a wake-up call. Um, I tweeted it yesterday. This is a team that can't afford to go eight and two and then think you've made it and overlook a team like the Flyers. You just haven't won enough games in this league to, uh, at least in recent memory, to think that you're above any team. Um, so it'll be nice to see what happens tonight with Henestroza and Asplund drawing back in. Comrie is back and healthy. UPL has made an unreal surgeons here and he is going to be with this team i think for the rest of the year i know a lot of people were freaking out yesterday when they sent him back down to rochester but that was more of a paper transaction move because they need to find a way to get a roster spot open for him um as even reported today that he was supposed to start tonight but came down with the flu so uh comrie is going to get the start which i don't think is the worst thing um to get him back in because he was playing decent before he got hurt um, but it, it is exciting. It doesn't seem like Kevin Adams is super eager to make a monster trade. I think he's more on the mindset of if I can make a trade that it fits our timeline, it's a young player that can come in and help us win now and he can help us win in the future. I'm all about doing it, um, but we still need to allow these players to grow. Um, I'm just more excited that I couldn't tell you the last time going into an all-star break that the Sabres weren't like 10 to 15 points out of a playoff spot. Um, Obviously Seattle's had our number. So tonight's game, you know, they're going to be playing right after we're recording this uh, is really important because you don't want to start going into two, three, four game losing streaks, especially when you have some tough teams like Winnipeg uh, coming up here in your next game. Um, So it's another big chance for the Sabres, especially at home, with the crowd probably going to be a decent crowd tonight um, to bounce back from last night's loss, um, come out ready to play, pick up another two points against a Western Conference opponent, um, and get yourself right back into two to four points out of a playoff spot with a ton of games in hand. Um, But like you've talked about all your lots of ups and downs, but it's just nice to be able to watch full Sabres games every single night and feel like going into every game, they actually have a chance of winning and it's actually fun to watch again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that Bruins game on New Year's Eve was absolutely. I think I woke my whole neighborhood up. <laughs> yeah. That's, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting them to win. Right. Like I, we were talking, I was like, Hey, just figure out a way to get a point out of this. Right. Like be happy, be glad for what you did against the Bruins. You got a point. And then for them to go and win it, in the way they did in overtime, just rocket of a shot. Incredible. Like hell of a way to end that calendar year. And then that, that Minnesota game, that was probably one of my favorite game savers games in a long, long time, just to hear how loud that place was. The players were vibing off of the, the noise. They were, just playing incredible like it just and then for them right like to in the goat heads to again score six goals and win right the the winning goal being the sixth goal in the like it just it was perfect it was absolutely incredible um super super fun to watch and be a part of and and watch this team grow and start to get better and better um and keep kind of building on each other it's been fun to see. And yeah, they lost a stinker to the Flyers, a team you probably shouldn't lose to, right? The Flyers have not been very good as of late. Um, they've had their struggles this season, but it's going to happen, right? You mentioned it. I've been saying it's, you're going to have ups and downs this season. You just got to ride the ride with them, um, right? They get the Kraken tonight. Um, Kraken are coming off a five game winning streak, right? They're starting to get hot. So, it's going to be uh, an interesting test for them. And, and January is very busy for them. They've got a lot of games in a short period of time until the all-star break comes and kind of gives them a reprieve. So we're going to see like this. 
this month is going to test this team and see what they're made of. What can they do when their backs are against the wall? They're tired. They're traveling all over the place. Can they sneak out points here and there? Can they just right just make it to overtime to get a point or make that one extra play to win the game or right hang on to leads if you get them in the early periods? See what this team is made of. Um, so I'm excited for it. They're in a great spot, like you mentioned. They're I think they're two or three points out of a playoff spot at this point, uh, at this moment. So um, I. I <sighs> they're probably going to lose a good chunk of these games coming up just because of how demanding the schedule is going to be, but can they still stay competitive? Can they stay competitive in a playoff race in the hunt going into all-star break? That is going to be the true test of how this team has done this first half of the season. Um, They're in a great spot, right? I mean, they made it out of, November and December still looking good. When was the last time that happened for a Sabres team, right? I mean, we had the 10-game win streak November into part of December, and then it all fell apart from there a few years ago. So for them to be where they are now is incredible, and um, I think they can hang on. We'll just – we'll see We'll see what they're made of because it'll yeah. be kind of on the stretch. And a shout-out to you because I believe it was during the Minnesota game that they showed – I think the Sabres were – third in the league with least amount of turnovers. So back to your point about Chris passing. Um, But uh, as of right now, currently looking at the standing. So currently the two wildcard teams are the Rangers and Pittsburgh, Uh, the Rangers at 51 points. And then the second spot, which is kind of the biggest one up for grabs is Pittsburgh at 46 through with 39 games played. Uh, Islanders are behind or tied with them with 46 but they've also played two more games. So Buffalo's at 42, so they're four points back of a wild card, but they have one game behind Pittsburgh, and they have three games in hand on the Islanders, not to mention Florida, who is behind you by only two points. You have three games in hand on them. So you are in a really good spot. Um, But like you said, Andrew, they're playing a lot of three and four games um, a week the next few weeks, a lot of back-to-backs like yesterday and tonight. Um, they have Winnipeg, the Predators, Panthers, um, Blackhawks, and then the Islanders coming up. And then they have a really, really tough um, West Coast trip um, at the end of the month with the Stars, Blues, Winnipeg, and Minnesota. So, like you said, it's going to be a gauntlet of um, a month. But, I mean, hey, looking at the end of December, looking at the beginning of January, when you see Capitals, Bruins, Wild, um avalanche golden knights and all those teams and you're able to go in and pick up wins um this team can play with anybody it's just going out there and proving it each and every night so um it's going to be a fun ride and then also the bandits were able to conclude the one buffalo weekend because josh bird just went crazy um i know you can probably talk more i was i think they were actually playing at the same time as the sabers um, so I was definitely a little more tuned into that, but I'm sure you can kind of shine some light on that game. I just know from what I saw, Josh Byrne had himself quite the game. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was an awesome game by the Bandits. I mean, they're back to kind of their dominating ways. Uh, it looked improving to three and one. Um, Kyle Buchanan really kind of shined for this team, though. This team, of course, right, they've got Dane Smith, they've got Josh Byrne, but one of their key players that they've been missing and and will be missing all year is Chase Frazier. Um, He had surgery at the end of the PLL season, uh, just before the NLL season kind of kicked off. Um, So he's out for the whole season. He's he's another one of those guys that can score from any position. He's super aggressive for them. He's a great transition player. So they're really missing him, and and there are parts of the game on – Saturday against Georgia that kind of proved that they were missing kind of that that bully that that extra piece to kind of help give them a an energy boost um, when they were getting low. But to see the stars kind of come out and, and Josh Byrne take off, Dane Smith made some incredible plays and um, kind of get that team over that hump and get the win. I mean, it was a dominating win, right? Like I don't want it to sound like they just snuck by. They won eighteen to nine. It was it was a great great effort by them but um 
just they're getting they're going to have to pull from other parts of the roster. Brandon Robinson, who's the guy who they brought in to kind of replace what Chase Frazier was. He's starting to come into his own. Uh, he led the game uh, or led the team with five goals, had an awesome game. Dane Smith, again, eight assists, really kind of he's the the leader of this team. He is the kind of the general when he's out on the, on the floor. So lots of great things coming. Um, Matt Vince didn't hurt him. Did a pretty damn good job. 30 saves, much better, uh, right, than the 64 was the week before. Defense is starting to kind of help him out there. But, no, it was, uh, it was a fun game to watch. Um, I had that on the TV, and then I had the Sabres game on the iPad. So I was going back and forth. So got a little car sick <laughs> with all the movement and, and all the play happening. But um, their uh, bandits are, are cooking. They're, they're doing really well. Um, they're, they play – Georgia again this weekend, hoping uh, hoping I can make it to that while well, I'll be up in Buffalo this weekend for the playoff game. So hoping to make it there and see them in person again. Um, but, yeah, Bandits are doing well. Sabres are doing well. Bills, of course, um, right? Brand new season starts on Sunday. Um, and uh, it's fun to be a Buffalo sports fan. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're home, definitely in Buffalo, go check out the Bandits because after that, they have three straight uh, road games, Rochester, Philadelphia, and then New York Riptide before they come back home. So uh, definitely go and support them and check them out. You know, they've been really supportive with everything going on, as all Buffalo sports have with uh, Hamlin as well. So uh, appreciate everyone for tuning in. Sorry for all the hectic scheduling, um, but uh, you know, some things are bigger than uh, two two Buffalo sports fans talking at a screen at you and you listening for an hour uh, once a week when a person's life's on the line. So um, we appreciate the support as always. Give us a follow on Instagram at the Buffalo Oil Podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully following a Bills win, Bandits win, and some more Sabres wins. Another hopeful one Buffalo uh, weekend. But it's been the Buffalo Oil Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. Connection, Allen and Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.